All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Oh, Keith. I'm back. I've, well, I've welcome been off back. the last two days. Yeah, you've been traveling up north, right? I was in Prince George. Prince George? How's yeah. it going in Prince George? Uh, it was kind of quiet up there in terms of uh, not a lot of people on the streets. Uh, didn't get the sense that the economy is really chugging along up there. I was interested. I was in Nelson last month. That yeah. place was hopping. Yeah. In terms of just one barometer uh, restaurant activity yeah. in Nelson, absolutely jammed. Prince George, not a lot of, not just not a lot of stuff going on. Okay, I know that um, the issues of pipelines came up when you're up there, so we'll hit on that in a minute here. Let's start with the uh, BC Liberal Party convention mm-hmm. happening this weekend and on the people. agenda. Yeah, hey, that's pretty. That's, that's pretty, pretty big. Pre- pretty impressive. I think what we're seeing is a uh, people wanting to travel now and gather yeah. when at a time for two and a half years we weren't able to do that so it's coming back with a vengeance yeah 800 people that's a big convention and on the agenda with the new leader Kevin Falcon a possible name change yeah, so changing a, the name of the Liberal Party of BC this is a big decision the Liberals are going to make so uh, the the delegates there will vote on this then if they vote yes uh, Falcon will begin a sort of a tour of the of the membership and they'll have a referendum on this, uh, whether whether so forty five thousand people, according to the Liberals, or is what constitutes the party membership. They're going to have a referendum if they vote yes at the convention. I suspect they will vote yes. When you've got the leader advocating this change, I think a lot of people will will follow suit. But again, I'm not sure what the alternative name would be because a lot of names are registered. Yeah. Uh, the domain is not available. Uh, so, like the BC party would be the, the obvious part, uh, name, I think. But I think that's been taken by someone else. Okay, let's listen to Kevin Falcon here, the Liberal leader, talking about a possible name change here. I want to be able to go to the membership and say, look, here's a name or a couple of names as suggestions that we think we could look at as an alternative to the existing name. What do you think? And if they agree that that's the way to go, bang, we'll go there. And if they don't, for whatever reason, that's fine too. We'll, we'll stick with what we got and we'll go ahead. Because at the end of the day, I don't want to get hung up on the name. You know, I think the power of our ideas and messaging is going to be much more important at the end of the day. Okay, it's Kevin Falcon speaking to business in Vancouver there about a possible Liberal Party name change. Why does he want to change the name? Well, I think Falcon recognizes that uh, they've got to rebrand. Um, the, now, the, the Liberals won four elections under the BC Liberal banner. They lost two, well, they, they lost one in 96, even though they had the greatest share of the popular vote. They lost the 2017 election, even though they had the most seats and the greatest share of the popular vote. The only election they lost really badly under the banner of the BC Liberals since, since under its new, um, creation post, uh, uh, Gordon Wilson, uh, was the 2020 election, which they lost badly. So was that the result because the, the brand is broken or is it result because the, the makeup of the party is broken? Uh, I think the problem the party had in the last two elections, it's, it's candidates, it's look did not reflect the diversity of the BC population, uh, in anywhere near what the NDP did. That's where the, the liberals have a big problem, but maybe, maybe the liberals are right that maybe the name is, is, is broken. Is he also concerned about potential confusion with the federal Liberal Party? And there, there are no links between, no well, formal links between the two no parties. links, and no one would mistake Kevin Falcon for Justin Trudeau. I mean, but I have heard from some Liberals that uh, they're concerned younger voters are unfamiliar with yeah. the nuances that are behind the name of the BC Liberals, which just is a, a name of... of uh, of opportunism in terms of a vehicle being taken by uh, Gordon Wilson to replace the old Social Credit Party in the 1990s, then but Gordon Campbell using the BC Liberals to turn it into the so-called Free Enterprise Coalition. 
that distinction may be lost on some younger voters, and that's one of the one of the concerns that some liberals have expressed to me that that name does not really connect with younger people. Another concern that he has raised about this, though, is if they change the name to the British Columbia Party or the Free Enterprise Party or whatever name they come up with, is is there some way they can permanently retire the BC Liberal Party name so that no one else mm. can run candidates and confuse the public? Yeah, you know, point. someone else picks it up. Yeah, good point. I mean, uh, the Liberals are in a strange position. They're they're trying to uh, come back from a really devastating loss in 2020. You've now got the BC Conservative Party with Aaron Gunn, this fi- yeah. young firebrand right winger, yeah. trying to breathe some life into that party, uh, which they took 7% of the vote in Vancouver, Coachella. Not a threat in Vancouver, Coachella. If they get 7% of the vote in some of these other ridings, like Langley, Chilliwack, Abbotsford, uh, that would dash the BC Liberal hopes of regaining that territory. So that's one of the the problems they've got fighting that particular party. And changing the name, um, you know, it's a bit of a roll of the dice. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And again, a lot would depend on what the name would be. Okay, we'll see what happens at their party convention this weekend. Justin Trudeau in California, Summit of the Americas, meeting with U.S. President Joe Biden, also signed a, a sort of a vaguely Vague. worded climate change agreement with the California governor yesterday. Let's listen to Trudeau and Biden here. Have a listen. You and I uh, have a lot to talk about. We're going to be hanging out with each other a fair amount. Even as we gather with our friends across the Americas, how we create prosperity, how we counter the rising cost of living, how we create good jobs uh, for our citizens, not just uh, in our respective countries, but in each other's countries and throughout the hemisphere. It sounds like maybe Biden might be planning a trip here. Well, you know, it it always benefits Trudeau to be on the international stage in these types of situations, although it's always unclear exactly what concrete things come from this. I mean, the agreement he signed with with, uh, California Governor Newsom, uh, you know, uh, purports to electrify school buses in California, which is hardly the the greatest thing in the world. Let's have a listen to that. So here is Trudeau talking about this deal he signed yesterday with the governor of California. Canada and California on climate and nature. We're building a team of almost 80 million people. This new partnership will see us work together on everything from protecting nature, driving investment in clean tech, keeping single-use plastic out of our oceans. You'll be protecting nature. So, (laughs) you know. Again, it it doesn't do Trudeau any harm to be part of these things. But again, I'm not sure how much concrete stuff actually comes from this, what what is really a a glorified photo op in many respects. Yeah, and... He's got a a lot on his plate here at home in terms of climate change. Like we haven't hit a single climate change target, no, you know. Has. I mean, very few countries hit these targets. Yeah, uh, it's a it's an elusive goal, but you know, I think it, you have to argue they have to at least try for this. But I think there's more emphasis on the photo op and yeah. the the meeting than actually the substance that goes uh, derives from this down the road. Okay, let's talk about some of the controversy here at home over the coastal gas link pipeline and my first guest this guess, morning yes. was Ellis Ross, Liberal MLA, former chief of the Heisla First Nation, yes. very significantly, so an indigenous leader in BC, calling out actor Mark Ruffalo, aka the Incredible Hulk in the Avengers movies. So here's Mark Ruffalo here going after the pipeline and calling on Canadian banks to defund it. Have a listen. To RBC CEO Dave Mackay, defund the coastal gasoline pipeline and stop violating indigenous rights. You got it all wrong, man. RBC, you have the power to stop CGL. 
Okay, well, Ellis Ross said it, actually Mark Ruffalo's got it all wrong yeah, because the First Nations up there, at least the elected band councils, support and, the pipeline, right? And I understand. I just came from Ruth George. It was at the BC Chamber of Commerce Convention, met with a number of people who were involved in the Coastal Gas Link Project who point out to me that actually it's not just the elected chiefs, the, the, the membership of the nation support the pipeline. It's an economic benefit to them. It's only a handful of hereditary chiefs and a, a few other supporters that oppose this. So Ruffalo is on the wrong side of this when he talks about indigenous rights, and you had Ellis Ross on there calling him out. Yeah, and do you think like when you know Mark Ruffalo or Leonardo DiCaprio or Jane Fonda, when they, they comment on these these natural resource projects in Canada, does that move the needle in any way on these projects? Not that I've ever seen any evidence. They, they raise money, though, probably. It's a good fundraising tool, yeah, for, for sure, no question. Um, but uh, Leonardo DiCaprio hasn't reduced fracking in B.C. with yeah. his video, um, which misleadingly shows the impact of fracking um, on British Columbia. But um, it, it's a good fundraising tool, but it doesn't seem to move governments or public debate or bank presidents like i don't think rbc is going to be pulling the funding of, of no, this pipeline which is almost finished roughly. isn't it 70 kilometers to go yeah. but it's a tough the the last 70 kilometers is going to be a tough slog that's where the protests are centered on that's yeah. where you've got sabotage yeah. that's where you've got violence and yeah. it remains to be seen whether that can be done hey it's baldry's beat the phone lines are open 604-280-9898 just off air we were talking about the protesters who zip tied themselves to the goalposts yeah. last night at bc play stadium during that soccer game again environmental protesters or climate change protesters with, with booze raining down on them again there's no evidence that the public supports any of these tactics or necessarily any of their goals as well i mean the government in bc has already deferred a gazillion uh, hectares of old growth logging, uh, and yet these protesters insist that they've, they've uh, nothing else works, so they have to do this. Well, well, so far the, the government has deferred a whole bunch of old growth trees. Well, is that out. because of the protests, though? I think is it's that more, why they deferred. I it? think it's more a recognition that First Nations uh, has to call the shots, or at least have have some sort of input on whether whether in, in, industrial resource operations occur on uh, their traditional. Yeah, like land. when. When you disrupt a soccer game, like uh, uh, there's 17,000 people at BC Place last night, and uh, it sounded like all of them are booing these people. 17,000 boos. It yeah, like. so it's just you just pissed off 17,000 people. Or if you, you know, strap yourself right. down on the Iron Workers Bridge, that they're starting yeah. to do. You're not. Uh, I mean, but their stated goal is to anger people, to get people riled up in in support of their cause. I think what they do is they rile people up, but not in support of their cause. Yeah, they rile people up in the in the wrong way, though. I think exactly. Brad and Langley. Hi, Brad. Go ahead. I was thinking, first of all, with the change of the BC Liberal Party name, I think that's yeah. essential for them because they're not really liberal, um, and it's very deceitful. And 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 I mean, I used to vote for them thinking they were liberal until I realized that they're more centrist, conservative. And then, so yeah, I think just for their own benefit and for the benefit of voters, they should change their name and their brand. And then on celebrities using their voice and their platform. I totally think celebrities should keep doing that because they've been doing it since the 60s and 70s. And many of them are way more smarter and intelligent than even politicians. You know, just look at the history of musicians and writers and poets and all kinds of artists influencing and informing the public during all kinds of movements in history. So just because they're an actor doesn't mean they're stupid. I mean, look at half our politicians. Okay, Brad, thank you for a good call. I appreciate your points that you raised there. Well, he makes a good point that there are history. I mean, the 60s is a classic example of writers and artists having a tremendous sure. impact on 
the civil rights uh, campaign, the anti-Vietnam protests. Look at Muhammad Ali or you yeah. know other celebrities, I, athletes, I artists. I don't see the evidence of this on the environmental stage. I think it's a little different. I don't see Daryl Hannah or Leonardo DiCaprio or Mark Ruffalo really moving the needle when it comes to these issues. Okay, uh, Thea in Kamloops. Hi there. Yes, with regard to the uh, BC Liberal Party changing their name, yes. I don't see the point. It's still going to be the same general policies. It's still going to be the same general people who are going to sign up and or vote for them. And after all, when Maloney's conservatives went down in the blaze of glory back in the day and had two seats, they didn't change their name, and they're still the Conservative Party, whatever other parties they may have brought on. Now, with regard to the celebrities, I think the celebrities should be listening to the First Nations and their opinions. On the other hand, as the one caller said, there are celebrities who are very well-spoken and very bright. Matthew McConaughey comes to mind in his speech regarding the gun issue in the U.S. That's sure. all I have to say. Thea, thank you for yeah, the call. Good, Thea. Now, Matthew McConaughey's uh, speech in the White House there on gun control is getting a lot of attention. And sometimes celebrities are the ones that are able to cut through um, the cynicism that the public has towards politicians. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I do think there's a role for celebrities on a number of issues. I just don't see the evidence on this particular one of being necessarily effective. Let's go to Rick on the line in Port Moody. Hi, Rick. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Keith. Thanks, thanks for taking my call. You know, I think really the big problem we're dealing with here now is the whole concept of the green movement is is free. It's free for everyone. It's free for, you know, the MLA that you had on uh, on uh, the other the other day, Mike was you know, toting free transit. It's been free for years and years for charging electric vehicles. Um, it's free for the people to blockade. It's uh, you know even er- earlier this morning that lady that was uh, talking about the bike lane and you asked her about funding. Her answer was, well, I pay for it in my property taxes. Well, she, basically, she's saying she wants it done for free with yeah. no cost associated. Mm-hmm. If we if we brought financial and and legal uh, requirements to make this movement carry on the way it is. Don't you think people are going to start looking at it without this um, radical approach? And, and okay, start thank looking at it pragmatically. Thank you, thank you for the call. He was referring to um, I had Adam Olson on the show earlier this week, Green Party MLA, and he said the, what we should do with these rising gas prices is just make f- transit free for everyone all throughout British Columbia. And then I asked him, well, how much would it cost? I heard that. He didn't, have a clue. <laughs> he didn't know. He, didn't he had know. no idea. But when you think about it, there's not much difference between Olson's position and John Horgan's comment, which is take transit yeah. if you can't afford to drive your vehicle. Olson's basically saying the same thing. Um, and again, he didn't have a price tag on how much free transit would, would actually cost. It would cost, uh, it would trickle back to the provincial government. TransLink was not in a position to afford free transit. They would need a government bailout for something like that. So there are cost implications with all these. As the caller is very, very correct. There's nothing free out there. Yeah. There is a cost to everything, and someone's going to have to pay it down the road.